0: Football, it's time to talk Dons. North Zone
1: 1 Red Friday Aberdeen are back in top six action tomorrow and it's a trip to Livingston for the Dons. After the disappointing Scottish Cup exit last week new boss Stephen Glass knows what he wants from his team tomorrow I think it's important that we get on on winning ways again and finish this season strong. Uh, the intent's going to be there,
2: we're going to try and do the right things and we're going to try and win uh, but obviously you know it's difficult but that, that's the aim it's a big opportunity to go and get three points like, like last Sunday was a big opportunity to get in the semi-final of the cup but other teams stand in their way and you have to be ready
1: for the challenge
0: North Zone 1 Red Friday
1: Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. Andrew, hugely disappointing result and performance last week against Dungeons United, but weirdly, it looked like the Dons were really up for it in the first 10 minutes or so.
3: Sadly, for the next 80 minutes, they didn't. (laughs) Well, let's Uh,
1: just focus on that first 10 minutes to start with. It started so well.
3: They did start okay, um, And, you know, Dennis Mehmet had to make a save from Matty Kennedy made a very good second save from Callum Henry to atone for his first save not being that great um, but thereafter Dundee United ran all over the top of Aberdeen, they seemed to want it more, they seemed fresher yes they had rested six players in the midweek when they lost at Kilmarnock, uh while Aberdeen had, had a strength sapping game against Celtic but, you know, they're professional footballers and it's it's a difficult one to say that they were tired after having three games in a week. When you look at part-time players at the moment playing four games a week and seeming to get through them without any great problems, and they've got promotion, relegation, um, every bit as much at stake as Aberdeen had last Sunday. The unfortunate thing was that you know, once United got ahead, Aberdeen just didn't seem to have anything in the tank To be able to respond Then the second goal goes in Again, it's it's a case of more desire On the part of um, Ryan Edwards Than any Aberdeen defender And then the third goal That was just icing the cake As far he, as, as Mickey Mellon was concerned Thereafter, United could just stroll through the rest of the game And when you looked at the other results You know, I said... you, Dave, after the game, I said, wait, you see, St. Johnston will go and turn over Rangers and it'll be a a huge opportunity missed. And that's exactly what happened.
1: Yeah, it really was a huge opportunity missed. It was a a weird kind of, just everything seems strange. The way Aberdeen played after the first 10 minutes, obviously there's a slight difference in the way that Aberdeen are playing. There's no doubt about that. They're playing a lot more out of the back, um, out from the back, I should say. And they seem to be more... Intent on trying to sort of, um, play, play the passing game more so than perhaps before under Derek McInnes. But defensively, it just felt that the two centre backs were being dragged all over the place. The 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 fullbacks were playing more like wing backs, and that just left big gaps. It did,
4: and I think I mean defensively we've been so solid this season. But what really alarmed me was the fact it was a Scottish Cup quarter final and the lack of fight. You know, we went a goal down; you'd expect a reaction, but unfortunately, the only reaction came from United, and they they added to to their lead. So it was uh, you know, and, and certainly three games in a week. Every every team playing at least that in Scottish football just now. So the certainly I mean, if you can't get up for a Scottish Cup quarter final, when when can you can you be in it? As I say, it was just as we've been saying a wasted opportunity. As was the League Cup semi finals. Great for the neutrals um, and obviously for the fans. The teams that are through, it's all very open. It's difficult to predict a, a winner, but uh, it's
1: very very annoying. Yeah, I suspect annoying is the is the understatement of the season for the the Don's fans this week, and it it's just it is just so disappointing. But you're right. I mean that lack of fight, and we saw that. I think the the thing at the first the first half was when you got to half time. Although that first ten minutes Aberdeen started reasonably well, it could have been four. I mean, oh, it really easy, felt like easily. That. I mean,
3: a uh, uh, when we looked back at the highlights of the first half, it was all done to United chances, apart from that early flurry in front of the United goal and they could easily have scored four, I mean uh, there was one time McNulty broke down the right hand side, played a ball across, and I think it was Ian Harks coming in at the back post, centimetres away from putting it in, uh, Gary Woods, who I think was the only Aberdeen player to earn task yep. marks for his performance, made, made a very good save from Giando Fuchs. Um, and you're thinking, in fact, I think Rob McLean said to me sitting up in the, the RDS, you know, we'd settle for 1-0 at half-time here, just as Ryan Edwards popped in the, the, the second goal. And, uh, it was just, it wasn't expected hugely hugely disappointing and it does cast doubt over the the desire the mentality the the will to win of the aberdeen squad and it will have opened stephen glass's eyes wide i'm sure to the the job that he faces now in the summer to be able to get a squad together that is not going to have that type of result inflicted on them.
1: Well, it's the same squad of players, it's the same team essentially out on the pitch that were playing under Derek McInnes that were keeping those clean sheets. So, if you take tactics out of it, because tactics change under new management, but as players, surely the responsibility has to be up to them to say, you know what, if this isn't working, I need to come back a bit, I need to support the defenders, I need the midfield to be... Up. All those things are instinctive, surely, for players.
4: And apart from one change, it was exactly the same team that had done so well and come within three seconds of getting a victory. <laughs> first victory over Celtic at Patori in five years, and it just shows how football, you can go from hero to villain so quickly, but yeah, you, I don't know. It's, it was inexplicable. It really was uh, the the performance, and uh, just so so disappointing that they picked exactly the wrong game to to put it on because uh, you know all the other. Cup quarter-finals, they all went to penalty kicks but uh, ours was over bar the shouting
1: by half-time. I remember uh, was it the Motherwell 3-0 game a couple of seasons ago, a few seasons ago and was that that was a Cup game as well, wasn't it? Was League Cup tie-down, at the park. In that game even though, Andrew, that felt like the game, similarly Motherwell just went through this spate of scoring goals and that was it game over but you still felt like they were fighting you still felt like the Aberdeen team were in the game albeit the game was all but done and there was a chance of a goal here or a chance of it just felt it, it, honestly at one point I, I, I don't think I've done this all season at one point I went away for 15 minutes because I was like well game's over and nothing's happening anything that's going to be next it's going to be a Dungeon United goal
3: Yeah it was very much like that I mean uh, had it been a boxing match the referee would have stopped it probably after uh, Mark McNulty made it 3-0 because really there was absolutely no way back for Aberdeen the way they were playing and it, it was as Dave said it's inexplicable you, you just cannot work out why suddenly um, a player like Tommy Hoban for example who looked so composed under pressure uh, against Celtic um, part of a, a back division that was so disciplined so organised and um, suddenly looked as though he was a total bag of nerves when the ball came to him and unfortunately that transferred across to Calvin Ramsey outside him Dundee United definitely pinpointed Ramsey's inexperience as being a weakness but ironically most of the danger came down the right hand side and Johnny Hayes made a couple of Inexplicable mistakes. There was one time in the first half, Dave, you'll maybe remember, he almost got closed down. I think it was by McNulty. And then there was another time where he went flying in from 20 yards away, almost, trying to make a, ta- a tackle and missed it. And you're just thinking, that's not what you're needing from one of your most experienced players. And that malaise just seemed to drift all the way through the side. Um... Florian Camberry who was praised for being so good against Celtic spent most of his time complaining because Kevin Clancy wasn't giving him free kicks I I didn't think Kevin Clancy had a good game he was so inconsistent I mean Callum Butcher had so many fouls in the first half and eventually got booked continued to foul into the second half and I think um, Mickey Mellon realised you know he's Due a red card any second here and had to pull him out of the action but, um, no, United were were definitely up for it um, their front three gelled very well together normally it's Shankland that you've got to look after, but it was McNulty who is an international striker he's played for Scotland um, and a player that's
1: probably underwhelmed since he came absolutely. to Absolutely, I mean, I think
3: United fans almost to a man said wow a front three can work together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It, it was. I mean, Dundee United definitely were up for it, Dave. There's no doubt about that. And they, they played well. I think they actually had a good yeah, game th- as a team.
4: Th- this was a United side that had struggled to get past Forfar in the previous <laughs> round. Had not been playing well. But, you know, speak to any United fans that say that there's a, a team that's got problems. So you, d- you just don't know whether United were made to look a lot better than they are, or whether they they did play well, but fair play
1: to them, they totally deserved the victory. Yeah, and it is a real headache now for Stephen Glass because, well, in some ways it's a headache, in some ways it makes decisions easier, doesn't it? Because you've got these players, many of whom are out of contract at the end of the season, others he'll be looking at as potentially moving on, and performances like that, it's all very well coming within three seconds of beating Celtic in a game that, in reality doesn't mean an awful lot at this point in the season as much as it would have been fantastic to get the points. That was the game they needed to be up for and actually a lot of those players have just made the decision that bit easier.
3: Yeah, um, I mean Stephen's making all the right noises about how he's. it's a, a process of continual assessment of players, uh, whether it be players who are out of contract. Um, players who are there that he wants to keep there Um, you know everybody is under the spotlight everybody has got to press the reset button and start from scratch again they've got a new management team they've got to uh, impress and it doesn't matter whether you've played hundreds of games for Aberdeen or you've only just made the breakthrough into the first team squad, you have got to go out there and, and show Stephen Glass and Alan Russell that you deserve to be part of their plans.
1: Yeah, well it certainly didn't happen last week but it is Livingston away tomorrow for the Dons, back to league action let's get the thoughts now of our fan reporter Graham Watt ahead of tomorrow and off the back of last week's disappointing Cup exits. Yeah Mike, I
2: think we're just looking for a better performance this week than last um, you know, we never got going, Dundee United just ran right over the top of us looked far better in every position on the park Um, so if these players are wanting to stay with Aberdeen next season they really need to step up their game uh, and show Stephen Glass why because going off of that performance I don't think any of them deserve to be here Um, and I really do feel there will be some huge changes next season Um, but yeah, it was disappointing Mike and hopefully this week away to Livingston on the Astro turf. it's a tricky game um, there's never much between the sides we played them just a few weeks ago in the Cup so we know it'll be difficult um, Aberdeen just need to go there I think we only need one point and we're, we're secured for the conference league I think, for the UEFA conference league so I think third place is gone so the Europa League's technically gone as well so um, we get that point it'll be the conference league, the new conference league so just do what we can, Mike And I think all the fans are just wanting the end of the season now and to get new players in in summer and see what Stephen Glass can really do.
1: Yeah, it's a weird situation because Europe is a point away and (laughs) here we are talking about some of the worst football we've seen uh, at Pataudry in a long time, Andrew. Yeah, I mean,
3: uh, you should be looking forward to the game tomorrow, but as Graham said there, I think a lot of the fans have switched off completely now and they've just said, right, that's it. Put that season to bed, it's been Horrible. A, we haven't been able to go and watch the team and B, having started so brightly, the team has faded away and we've lost to St Mirren to go out of the, the League Cup when there was an opportunity there. Um, Not that we knew it at the time, but as it transpired, there was an opportunity to go further um, and maybe even win that. And then worse, there was that abysmal performance on Sunday. Well, of course, the um, thing
1: is that you can only do what you can do on on the pitch. You know, all the results, they go or they don't go for you. And actually, Aberdeen, as you say, they failed at that and, and everything else would have fallen into place. But of course... You know, either way they've lost the game so. they've, they've lost it and
3: they've lost the opportunities so um, yeah uh, there is still something at stake tomorrow uh, I, I do think that regardless of the result tomorrow Aberdeen will still qualify for the Europa Conference League but uh, wouldn't have been so much better to have been thinking right we've got a great chance of winning the Scottish Cup that gets you into the, the round before the playoff uh, in the Europa League now, were you to lose that, you drop into the group stages in the Conference League. So you're guaranteed European football right through till Christmas with the potential of making, what, £3 million in, yeah. in sort of bonus money, instead of which we're now going into, we hope... The, the conference league where you've got to win a couple of qualifiers or a qualifier plus a playoff round to get into the, the, um, the group stages with no fallback position if you were to draw a big side and lose in the first qualifier.
1: Yeah, and of course, that is going to be on the chairman's mind as well. The fact that this opportunity is now gone, especially when the results came in as they did, you look at it and you go, well, not just about silverware, but it's also about potentially getting that better draw, which then brings in better revenue, getting into a a later stage of Europe or a a better stage of Europe. And and suddenly, what's been a disastrous season money-wise for most clubs, suddenly it looks a little brighter. Yeah, and
4: uh, you know, like, like every club in the country... Income streams are going to be so important once they start opening up again, and uh, that you know I'm sure Dave looks at some of the figures that we're potentially missing out on, he would uh, be tearing his hair out, to be honest. But uh, because it is is huge and can make the difference, because. As I say, the financial hit that everyone's had to take is enormous. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But it is uh, another chance tomorrow for the players to show Stephen Glass what they can do away to Livingston. And, of course, from a Livingston perspective, they're looking at at this. They're trying to cement fifth place against high-flying St Johnson, whose second half of their season has been unbelievable. Um, and it's, it's not going to be an easy task because of course the pitch, the surface it's that artificial pitch again it's a difficult place to play Livingston know how to play on that pitch they're very stuffy um, we're going to hear from Lewis Ferguson who, who will mention that as well a little bit later on but it's going to be a tough game It'll be a horrible game
3: to watch. Rest assured, <laughs> there'll be precious little You've noise. had
1: a lot of fun going down to Livingston I, I, this season. I'm, I'm
3: delighted that I'm not going down this time because I've been down twice and both times the game has been postponed. Um and the players will be sick to death of hearing right here's here's your opposite number from Livingston because it's going to be we've played them four league games, two postponed games, a Scottish Cup tie. It's going to be the seventh time they've heard the same old spiel. Yeah. Uh so uh, no, it's going to be uh a game where it's going to be desire that's going to get you through and that was so sadly lacking on Sunday that the players have got to do a complete new turn and show everyone that they do actually have the wherewithal to win when it comes down to a battle like it's going to be tomorrow.
1: Yeah, this is Red Friday and uh, on the way we'll hear from the Livingston boss David Martindale as well as that we've got Lewis Ferguson on the way in just a minute.
0: talk Dons, North Sound One,
1: Red Friday. Yes, it is Red Friday. Another game for the Dons in the league tomorrow, away to Livingston. And midfielder Lewis Ferguson. Well, he's ready for a tough match. It's always difficult um, going down there or on the, the, the surface as well. It's, it's never a great game of football. It's never.
4: I not think it'd be a great game of football to watch. I've never been down there and really enjoyed the game, which is, you no. Know, that's what Livingston want. They don't want anybody to go and enjoy a game of football on their pitch. So they always make it difficult and it's a fight and it's a scrap. Um, but it's something that
2: we've got to be up for if we're going to go there and, and win. You know, we've got to, to do that
4: side of the game um, as well as, as playing well. Um, we've got to go and fight and scrap and, and win second balls to, to have a chance of winning the game.
0: North Zone 1, Red Friday.
1: Lewis Ferguson might have the measure on the way that Livingston like to set up Andrew. Yeah, yeah I think he's
3: <laughs> he's hit the nail right in the head but I mean we've been to Livingston so many times on that surface and I've yet to see a good flowing game of football uh, you get strange <laughs> bounces on it sometimes the ball zips across it other times it's very sticky it's, it's just not a good surface to play on mm-hmm. and Livingston thrive in that because they're in your faces all the time, they're trying to stop you playing, it's almost anti-football mm-hmm. uh, but credit where credit's due, they, they've managed to grind out some great results in this the opening part of the season and when David Martindale took over, they had that long run of, of victories that that really set up their season because the last dozen games, they've, I think they've only won once um, yeah. they, they won one game in penalties against Raith Rovers in the Cup um, but unfortunately <laughs> we're going there with Every bit is poor on records, so you're, you're not going to see two sides confident uh, and you know showing a carefree attitude. But the one good thing that we heard out of Stephen Glass's press conference was that Ryan Hedges uh, appears to be just about ready to make a comeback. He may be there tomorrow. We're not sure uh, if I think at best he'll start on the bench, Dave. But um, yeah. if you can get minutes, half an hour, say, out of Ryan Hedges, what a lift it'll be for the team, because he is such a creative force.
4: Yeah, and we've missed him so much since he, he picked up the injury, and uh, if he can repeat the form that he was in pre-injury, then we've got a, a real top-class
1: player in our hands. Yeah, uh, the other player, of course, who's missed the last few games, but uh, manager Stephen Glass is hopeful, will be back soon, is Joe Lewis.
2: Joe trained again this morning, he's... He's still getting pain in his ribs, so we're hopeful that he's going to make it. He sat on the bench last week, and it was we had a limited number of subs anyway, so that's why there was two goalkeepers on the bench last week, because we were uncertain if we had to turn to one, would Joe be ready or not. Uh, so we'll see if Joe comes through the training sessions this week, whether he's involved.
1: Yeah, whether or not he's fit, of course, Gary Woods has been excellent since he's come in and, and as you mentioned, one of the bright lights of last weekend's game, if there is any. And um, he's a player, Gary Woods, that seems very calm in pretty much every situation.
3: Yeah, he's very experienced. Um, He's played well in the uh, the advance of 200 first-team games, up and down the length and breadth of the country. He won a League Cup winner's medal with Ross County. Um, So... I think he's a safe pair of hands that you can trust and that makes all the difference I mean it was exactly the same scenario when Thomas Cherney was was on the bench Um, and I think it's important that you've got a goalkeeper who accepts the fact that he's not going to play every week but he's ready to step in Mm. and when you can step in and play at the level that Gary Woods uh, has done over the last two and a bit games then you know it, it shows that it's if Joe Lewis doesn't make it, you're not weakening your side by putting him in.
1: No, and I guess from Gary Woods' perspective, he will still look at this uh, spell as an opportunity to show what he can do. New management team coming in as well, and, and although Joe Lewis has been absolutely fantastic for a number of years now, uh, Gary Woods, I'm sure, has ambitions to push him all the way.
4: Yeah, and he, he's, his contract at Oldham is up, up this, at the end of the season. Yeah, it's, he's, he's still technically uh, on loan, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, technically, um, but... You forget to, that. <laughs> but the, uh, the word is that, um, and I think his performances in the last couple of games have probably underlined the case uh, for keeping Gary on as a a very dependable number two
1: as Thomas was yeah absolutely and as you say Andrew it's really important to have uh, the second choice goalkeeper that is as good um, as as Gary Woods but looking at the game tomorrow um, from an Aberdeen point of view, getting the fans interested in the game, because as you mentioned, fans are you you saw it on social media this week, as you often do as a reaction to a result like that, but you, you saw that fans have said, well that's it, the season's over, but actually there still is Uh, There still still are things to play for First of all, getting that point Making sure that um, fourth place is safe I think third is gone now But you you want to pick up the points And you want to show Stephen Glass as a player What you can do But also the fans They want to see What this new system that they're playing? Is it going to work? Are the players going to be capable of doing it? They didn't show it last week, but can they show it over the next couple of games?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you know, Stephen hasn't given up on third place. He's looking at the fixtures tomorrow. Wanting Aberdeen to get, pick up three points and looking at Hibbs having a very tough, tough assignment against uh, St Johnston at Easter Road because uh, St Johnston, as you mentioned earlier in the program, the second half of their season has been fantastic. Uh, they've won one cup. They've knocked the favourites out of the Scottish Cup. Uh, and now they will be fancying their chances, as will the other three semi-finalists of being Scottish Cup winners. So, uh, all the St Johnston players, Uh, and all the Hibs players, for that matter, have got a huge amount of incentive going into tomorrow's game that not only um, do they want to have cup places and potential cup final places... uh, Absolutely inked into the team sheet for themselves, but for Hibbs, uh, they need the three points just to keep the the pressure on and get this third place sealed. Because if they were to lose and Aberdeen win, it's suddenly down to three points. Then the two sides meet at Pataudry where Aberdeen have had the wood over uh, Hibbs in recent years, and all of a sudden it's going into the last game of the season. Yes, we've got to go to Ibrox, but it's party time for Rangers, and who knows uh, how you know how much of their focus will be on on winning the game or. It may be the case that they're going into it looking to avoid defeat to be to having an unbeaten season. There's still quite a lot to play for, but um, the St Johnson story in the second half of the season has been almost without parallel. I mean, it's it's a terrific job that Callum Davidson has done, and that victory last week at Ibrox I mean, I, I was just I wasn't watching the game, I, I was following it and text and stuff like that and when I saw that Tavernier had scored an 117th minute I so... How much of a sickener is that? And then 120 plus one, it came up that Xander Clark had scored and thought, wow, what's going on there? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and when you look at it, you know, how on earth did Rangers not get their defence? Well, I mean, i be honest. Six foot four inch yeah, goalie. In Vietnam, a luminous green Exactly. Green. <laughs> like the jolly green giant halfway and up the pitch and a like missing. a Viking. <laughs> I, and nobody picked him up. Where's the responsibility there? Alan Bizarre. McGregor should have been, for all the experience that he's got, he should have been saying, right. Three guys round him make sure that he can't have any effect at all on this. He stands in his line uh, and then, you know, he he wins the header. It's not a great header, but Chris Kane sticks it in the back of the net. And then, of course, the adrenaline rush that he's obviously had from that... He steps up and and, and saves two of the penalties. And the penalty from Tavernier was absolutely woeful. I mean, if you're going to go down the middle, smash it and smash it high. Don't try and... It was almost an attempted Penenka it was such a weak shot yeah. um, but uh, no, St Johnston deserve all the plaudits that they're getting at the moment
1: uh, Hibs have got a fairly tough run in as well I guess every team in the top six do Dave so as Andrew said the third place whilst uh, at the moment it, it feels like a very much an outside uh, chance it is still in the minds of Stephen Glass and I'm sure the, the team as well but you know Hibs themselves St Johnston won't be easy then they've got that Scottish Cup tie against Dundee United um, and then after that, of course, the Aberdeen game. But they finish against Celtic, and again, you just don't know what Celtic are going to turn up on that day. So there's there is still hope. There is still
4: hope, and Hibs have shown in the past that they're they they can blow as hot and cold as we can, to be honest. Uh, and uh, the the goal difference means it's essentially an ex- worth an extra point as things stand. But uh, you know, whilst there's still mathematically a possibility, then you've got to go and. You know, maximise
1: that by by winning tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's hear now from the Livingston boss, David Martin Daly. Well, he had an outstanding start to his managerial career, but it's been up and down of late, and he knows the challenge that the Dons will possess tomorrow. I do believe
4: Aberdeen's got a fantastic set of players, and they've got their their players as individuals will want to put that right. Stephen will want to put it right. Alan Russell will want to put it right. So they'll be probably coming here with a wee bit more grit a wee bit more grit a wee bit more hunger a wee bit more desire to go and pick points up We are point to prove to be honest so it's going to make the game that little bit more difficult that's how I see it that's how I think it is and it's the same with my group of players when you have a bad result you always go into the next game Well, a wee bit more edge to it, trying to prove a point. So I think Aberdeen will be coming down to Livingston in the very same footing. They'll be coming down to try and prove a point about last week
1: being a one-off, so to speak. Well, definitely, we definitely hope that that's the case, Andrew. (laughs) First and foremost, um, he does. He speaks well in terms of being realistic about what Livingston have to do to get results. We know that he's done it well in his job there already. From an Aberdeen point of view, though, do you you see changes tomorrow? you see a change in the way that they play? Do you think Stephen Glass is going to stick with this sort of playing out from the back slightly different from what Derek McInnes did and if so are we going to see player changes?
3: I'm not sure he's got an awful lot of scope for player changes to be perfectly honest. I mean we don't know if Ross McCrory is going to make it uh, after picking up the injury against Celtic. Um, I don't foresee a lot of changes to be perfectly honest. He may change up top put Callum Henry up there on his own uh, but I'm not really sure to be honest, I think they will continue to try and play the style of football that they want to play because I think it's too early to have have gone three games where you're trying to play one particular style and then chuck it out the, out the door um, because that's going to con- create confusion in players' minds and I think He'll he'll continue to play that way, but um, he he will know that you know Livingston will be in their faces, so they've got to be able to deal with a team that presses them. Uh, Whenever they get the possession of the ball, whether it's in their own penalty area or further up the park. Um, and as I say, it's, it's going to be a battle and each player has got to win his individual little fight with his opposite number. And then if that happens, the quality that Aberdeen possess is greater than what Livingston have and that would come to bear. But you've got to have desire, heart, all these things that you know were sadly lacking, on, on Sunday they've got to be there, and they've got to be there in abundance tomorrow.
1: Johnny Hayes is a player that's had a bit of criticism this last week or so, and he's a player that we know has abundance of quality. He's a, he's he's a, a very much a Don's fan favourite, but he is playing in a role that it does require a lot at the moment in terms of the running, and he is someone that has the running. But is he is it the wrong is it the wrong sort of style of play for him at the moment? Do you think he's maybe a bit Exposed that for me feels it feels like um, he's quite often it feels like he's got a lot to do uh, defensively and and obviously that is his role but he, it's it's trying to get up and down that wing it's it's a lot to ask
4: well of course uh, Jack McKenzie is available again so he could come in slotting at left back with Johnny further further f- forward but yeah but but the thing is Johnny seems to love the more work he's got the better because he mm. just runs around sometimes you see him at <laughs> left back and the next minute he's in the right wing for some yeah. reason,
1: you know. I just feel of... like Andrew that maybe for me Johnny Hayes still now playing in a more in a more advanced role. I think we saw it in one of the first games under the interim team. I think he was playing further forward in one of those but I just for me personally Johnny Hayes I always think should be further up the pitch.
3: Yeah, I, I must admit I'd forgotten that Jark of course can play tomorrow because he he missed out because of being cup tied. Mm. And I think that will be a change that will be made because I'm sure Stephen agrees with you that Johnny's value to the team is much greater when he's in a more advanced position Um, but uh, Dave's absolutely right Johnny just (laughs) loves having to work hard and, uh, and never hides you will have bad games you will have good games But you know that you'll always get 100% out of him
1: Still to come then We've got Beat the Pundit And this week it's Aberdeen Women's co-manager Emma Hunter Who's going to have a go Plus we'll be chatting about Cove and Peterhead, League One uh, They've had one or two games this week We'll chat about all those in just a minute
0: It's time to talk football It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday
1: well, last week on Beat the Pundit it was Ali Begg who was up against Dave. Andrew, how did Ali get on? Um, for all Ali's talk uh, yeah. and there was plenty of it
3: um, <laughs> if he was getting points for talk he would have got a lot more than what he actually got. We all scored two last week. We all right. got the, the Falkirk, Clyde, Falkirk Cove Rangers rather result correct which was a draw. Mm. Um, I think the classic was actually your one because we were talking off air about um, Peterhead Clyde and you said it's a game that could be 3-0 either side. That's right. I'm going to go 1-0 Peterhead. <laughs> it ended up being 3-0. Now, if you'd stuck by your, your initial thought, um, you would have won last week, but no, Wall scored two points, so it's now 17-16 that Dave leads uh, in the race well, for who the champion predictor
1: is. I tell you, it's going to be an interesting one this week because we have Aberdeen uh, women's co-manager Emma Hunter having a go, and Graham got Emma's predictions.
2: Yes, Mike, taking on Dave tonight is Aberdeen women's manager Emma Hunter. Emma, first up, Saturday's games we will start with Dundee United versus Ross County. Your score predictions for that one? I
5: think this will be a close game. Dundee United will obviously go into the game on a high after getting through into the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup. I felt they played well against Aberdeen obviously scoring three goals. That's going to give you a big boost. They executed their game plan really well so going into the game on a bit of a high. Ross County on the other hand fighting for points at the bottom of the table there and those three points will be critical at this stage in the season and they'll be fighting for their lives but I think looking at this game, Dundee are just going to edge it for me in terms of the quality so I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory Dundee United. Hibs against St Johnston. In this game I think Hibs are obviously trying to get that third place spot, trying to get that gap between themselves and Aberdeen. They're obviously going to go out there and, and try and pick up all three points. They look dangerous up front when you've got Boyle Nisbet Dodge, um, who could all capable of scoring goals. St Johnston, on the other hand got You know, in two potential finals here, playing with a lot of confidence. I think league, though, Hibs are going to look for the three points uh, to try and get that gap. So I'm going to go for Hibs to St Johnston one.
2: Motherwell versus Kilmarnock. Your score predictions for that one?
5: These two teams are um, pretty much in the middle of the table there. I think Kilmarnock obviously are just been knocked out, might need a little bit of a pick-up. They went into extra time obviously as well, so that game would have taken a lot out of them. I think though, I just think that both of these teams are probably going to cancel each other out, so on this one, I'm going to go for Motherwell one, Kilmarnock one. St Mirren against Hamilton. I think St Mirren have the quality to, to beat Hamilton. Um, obviously, in a good position in the, the relegation fight, they're safe. I think Hamilton, however, are going to be fighting for their lives. We've seen them do this before when they've battled to stay up. It is you know, becoming more and more difficult for them now. I do think with the quality of St Mirren, however, they might struggle. But I think Brian Rice will have them really up for this game and they'll give it their all. So I'm going to go for St Mirren 2, Hamilton 2. And the big one on Saturday Emma, Livingston versus Aberdeen, your score predictions for that one? I think Livingston obviously started off the season really really well, I think the second half of the season they've really struggled to find that same form, always a difficult team though to still come up against and when Aberdeen have faced them it has been really difficult to break them down and get that victory, Stephen Glass obviously will be trying to get, pick the team up, he was quite clear and in terms of his post match interview that he expected more from the players he'll have worked really hard at training and he'll still be trying to t- t- battle for that third place and I think a lot of players have got a lot to prove to him and um, for their contracts etc so I'm going to back Aberdeen with this one I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game so I'm going to go Livingston 0 Aberdeen 1
2: And the final game of the weekend on Sunday the old firm Rangers versus Celtic your score predictions for that one?
5: Rangers have shown, obviously, a lot of quality this season, and um, performed really well. They'd be favourites to win this game, and I think with their, their push to get that unbeaten season, that'll be really spurring them on. Celtic, on the other hand, will be determined to try and stop that. Um, have they got the quality, though, to try and stop that Rangers team? I'm not sure, I've not been overly impressed with um, most recent Celtic performances, so I'm going to go for Rangers 2, Celtic 1. North Sound 1, Red Friday.
1: Right then, um, thank you very much to Aberdeen Women's Co-Manager uh, Emma Hunter we're laughing because I think there's a couple of similarities in your score uh, lines Can please. I just
4: say what an excellent pundit Emma is Can <laughs> <laughs> I, I just tell you that
3: um, the score next week will be 17.5-16.5 <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've gone exactly the same as Emma other than St Mirren Hamilton, which I've said 1-1 one, one, as opposed to 2-2, two, two, but okay. Dundee two, Ross County 1, Hips 2, St Johnson 1 uh, Motherwell <laughs> 1, Killie one, Rangers two, Celtic one, Livy nil, Aberdeen one.
1: I mean, what are the odds, Andrew? I don't actually know if that's even something that's And Andrew will confirm that
4: I gave my scores in way before yeah. I it heard yeah. um, um, It's 30. all
3: above boards but...
4: Wow. Um, <laughs> oh well no. <laughs> it's for a very uninteresting beat the pundit but never well. mind when you're one ahead and we're getting near the, the end of the season you're quite happy for it to be just you awesome wait for all money, those
1: yeah. scores to be whatever they are and then it to be St Mirren 2 Hamilton 2 next week I and know. you to lose <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can just see it uh, Andrew just looking at those games um, obviously the, the other games on Saturday there's, there's a few interesting ones there um, what's the pick for you out of those um, probably St Mirren against Hamilton
3: because as, as Emma said you know St Mirren are the better side but Hamilton at this stage of the season digs so deep Um, Brian Rice of course is banished to the stand Mm -hmm. for this game and the next one Uh, but he will still have a huge influence or have had an influence on them up until finish a training today because he can't get involved at all tomorrow Uh, but uh, that one is going to be very close Dundee United Ross County I just wonder if there will be any words passed uh, when the team sheets are exchanged uh, between John Hughes and Mickey Mellon about oh yeah you've got all the big guns back for us that you didn't play against Kilmarnock very fair Um, but uh, I, I tend to go with um, everybody thinking that Dundee United will get the better of Ross County, but it's, it's going to be such a close run thing through to the end of the season uh, at, at the bottom end of, of
1: the table yeah absolutely Uh, and what about yourself Dave for the other games outside of the Dons game tomorrow what's your kind of pick
4: yeah I mean the thing is so many teams have got still got something to play for whether it's they're safe in the league but they're still in the cup in the case of St Mirren so they're wanting to impress the manager uh, Jim Goodwin for that Uh, yeah the St Mirren Hamilton one's interesting because Hamilton they they do it time and time again pull a rabbit out of the hat so I wouldn't be surprised but like all of the games, you wouldn't be surprised if it goes home win, away win or a
1: draw. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been a huge week for Cove Rangers because, well, they've had about 17,000 games in the last week since we last spoke. But congratulations to Parsick Thistle, first of all, for winning the League One title. A uh, massive win against Falkirk the other night. But Cove, they'll want to win at home to Airdrie ahead of the playoffs, Andrew.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're sitting in second place at the moment, and if they stay in second, uh, they will play against whoever finishes third in the playoff. Where the fourth place team will play against the the bottom side from the cha- or the the second bottom side from the championship. Uh, so, yeah, Cove, I think. That was a big, big result for them last night against uh, Montrose because yes. Montrose have caused them problems. I think I'm right in saying that Montrose were the first team to, to win at uh, the Balmoral Stadium were, in and the league and beat them at Lynx yeah. Park as well. So that was a big win for uh, Paul Hartley and his team. Um, but it, it's so tight in there. And in the Championship, which finishes off tonight because both Air United and Morton all trying not to be the, the side that finishes second bottom yep. um, so you know there's, there's a lot still to be played for and when you go right down uh, League 2 we now know that Brechin are Club 42 and they will play the winner of the Brewer Rangers Kelty Hearts playoff yep. to see who is in League 2 next season but um, it's a big, big ask for for Brora. They only had played three games plus some cup ties this season, whereas Kelty Hearts had played 13 league games. They've spent a lot of money at Kelty, um, yeah. both in doing up the stadium and in backing uh, manager Barry Ferguson. So it's it's a big ask for Brora. But I think whichever these two sides gets through that they will fancy their chances against Breach there's no question
1: oh absolutely uh, just a quick word as well for Peter Head's form this week Dave great yeah, form this great week yeah
4: great they've got themselves safe for another season um, yeah. tomorrow they play forfer and uh, you know whether now that they are safe you know but uh, again I think, a home win. Yeah. Although Forfer did they, they're not, they did well in midweek.
3: They did. I mean, they're still six points behind Clyde two games to go yeah. so uh, they do look as though they're going to go down Yeah, um, but uh, Peterhead well done to them Yeah, they're, huge week for them. They've, they've hit form at the right time showing a bit of consistency at the absolutely
1: right time. absolutely. just very quickly I want to play you a clip from Neil Cooper so I'm going to play the clip and then explain it here we go it's funny because I was at washing the car um, and I think it was a Monday or the Tuesday and then
2: I, I got a phone call we were playing um, Liverpool on the Wednesday at Anfield
4: um, and one of the Cups and I said I wasn't playing and then it was, I got the phone call and Alice, asked my wife and um, came out and gave me a shout so I came in and listened it was, it was Norman and he says to me how are you, how are you feeling I said I'm fine he said well, you better get ready because you're playing playing tomorrow you know so I ended up playing in midfield um, at Liverpool at Anfield um, and I was doing a, a man marking job in Terry Dermot, and um, my Liverpool later as well um, nice easy each. job for you. Good <laughs> job from you. Um, and we drew nothing each.
1: Yeah. it? that's uh, an excerpt from the next episode of Red Rewind, your podcast, which is available well. on, Monday on Monday onwards.
4: Yes. And uh, it's very enjoyable speaking to Neil. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's, he's,
3: he's had a long career, um, both playing and
1: bringing on new players. Yeah, absolutely. Livingston against the Don's tomorrow, Red Saturday from two right here on North Sound One. <laughs>
0: It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1. Red Friday.